Um, the intent, thanks for coming. And the intent of uh, these shiurim, I think, is uh, primarily um, to do something that I think is really important, which is to sing the praises of a tzaddik. And, um, and this tzaddik that we're going to be talking about, this righteous person that we're going to be talking about, is one that uh, changed my life. And I hope, uh, at the very least, the goal uh, that I have in mind, the conscious goal that I have, is to hopefully open up the world of this tzaddik uh, to other people who uh, hopefully uh, will be able to take the tzaddik's Torah and to, uh, to use it to influence their own lives and their own avodah Hashem, their own way of serving God and their own way of understanding the Torah as well. And that's really the sole goal over here. If you're looking for... Um, if you're looking for an intellectual exercise, this isn't going to be it. And there's plenty of scholarship on Rav Tzadok, uh, further developing uh, in recent years. And there are plenty of authors and teachers who have done a better job. And the map that I have, the outline for the shiurim, there are going to be probably two shiurim of introduction and biography and a little bit of history. And then afterwards, we're going to be able to have an, a new way of looking at the Torah of Rav Tzadok himself. Um, and, um, and I want to be open to questions, and uh, I also want to say at the outset a disclaimer that uh, by no means uh, do I mean to be exhaustive uh, or, or, even, uh, or even authoritative about this topic. It's a topic that uh, I know a little bit about, but, but certainly not enough to call myself an uh, expert in any, uh, in any way. So let's begin from the beginning. Tzadok Rabinowitz HaKohen of Lublin was born on 22nd of Shivat. 1823. His father, Rabbi Yaakov, was the Rav of the town of Kreuzberg in Lita, which was a Mitnagdic stronghold. Um, the sense that the people that Ritzada grew up around uh, were people that were staunchly opposed ideologically, or at the very least, uh, uh, maybe you could say that the Mitnagdic uh, Hasidic split had uh, tempered a little bit with the interactions of the communities, but it was still not a, a Hasidic upbringing. It was a, a Misnagdic upbringing. And his mother's name was Yuta, and she was the daughter of Rav Tzadok Halevi Ish Horowitz. And on her side, Rav Tzadok was a descendant of the Shlah HaKadosh. Already at a young age, Rav Tzadok was known as a prodigy. Um, we have Divrei Torah nowadays from his early years that attest to a preternatural understanding and knowledge, a hekif, really, of Torah in, in all of its uh, open forms, at least, uh, a halachic, um, halachic writings from this time, Rav Tzadok's first sefer uh, was a sefer written on the Rambam, uh, specifically on uh, the Hilchas Deus section of the Rambam, maybe signaling something Rav Tzadok would be involved in later, questions of uh, theology and of knowledge of God and God's world, but also of Hilchas Avadim, uh, the laws of, uh, of slaves, Evid Ivri and, uh, and, uh, and Evid Kenani. That was uh, what Rav Tzadok's early Torah interests surrounded. Rav Tzadok attested uh, to a friend of his, uh, on a keyboard that he wrote in his early years on the history of Torah transmission that was called Zichron Lirishonim, and Rav Tzadok wrote it at the ripe uh, young age of 13 years old, uh, that Rav Tzadok wrote this uh, essentially uh, a history of Torah Shabal Peh and of Torah transmission, and, um, and that, was, uh, that was, we only have sections 
of the Hakdama, of the introduction to this Sefer, but there Rav Tzadok also mentions other Chiburim, other uh, works that he put together as well. Uh, Rav Tzadok writes, and this is uh, printed in the Hakdama, in the introduction of one of his Talmidim, who are going to return to Rishlomo Rosenthal Margolios, who is responsible for writing down many of Rav Tzadok's works, of being the scribe, uh, he writes and he says to Mkfarbi al Dusi, already in a young age, Chibarti Kunchus Levushet Staka, Liashev Kol so Rav Tzadok already at a young age attests to writing very deeply involved halachic works, uh, resolving questions asked on the Levush Mordechai, Mordechai Yafe, and And I also, says Rav Tzadok, I also was involved in writing works on the laws of uh, financial laws, something that we're doing, uh, Alan uh, and Sandy, that you know that we're doing on our Sunday response this year, and we've been osik in Choshen Mishpat recently. Uh, so Rav Tzadok wrote about that, and in Yoradea, he didn't get to finish them, and uh, there's a distinct possibility that, uh, that even the finished portions of many works like this uh, are simply uh, lost for us, either through the Shoah or as, uh, as what happens to a writer as prolific as Rav Tzadok, writings just uh, fall into hands, and uh, we actually have attestations of Rav Tzadok's Talmidim after his death, I don't want to jump ahead too much, of them trying as much as possible and, and putting in efforts, great efforts, to take the manuscripts of Rav Tzadok's writings to try and get it out of the hands of people that they thought were going to misuse them or, uh, or, or, or not use them in a proper way. And, um, and there were certainly uh, battles over the writings and over the manuscripts that Rav Tzadok left over. The Ramah writes in Yoridea, Reish Memvav Se'iv Dalid. The Ramah says, talking about a person that wants to learn Torah's Hanister, the hidden aspects of the Torah, Kabbalah, um, and, and in all of its forms. The Ramah writes, bepardes. A person should not move about in the orchard, uh, the mystical orchard of, of uh, the Torah's secrets, of Sitre Torah, until he uses a metaphor of filling up one's stomach with, uh, with staples, of filling up one's stomach with with food for their journeys, for their trips. And, and that means that a person needs to first train themselves by learning uh, the laws of Isr what's permissible, what's not permissible, um, the revealed aspect of Torah. That's something that, Rav Tzadok, that that the Ramah says is crucial to anybody that wants to be metayel bapardes, anybody that wants to, uh, to delve deeply into the hidden aspects of Torah. And Rav Tzadok embodied this in his younger years, uh, before the changes in his life. Rav Tzadok uh, embodied this aspect of trying to fill up one's belly with basar v'yayin and tzedel aderach for a lifetime that would eventually bring him towards another aspect of, uh, of Torah that a person needs. And I'll quote to you from what's written at the same time, the pull, the mystical pull that a Jew feels, the mystical pull that's uh, mentioned in the Zohar HaKadosh, Parshus Naso, Amud Kuf Chav It says like this, In the future, the Jewish people will taste from the tree of life. 
And by learning the secrets of Torah as written in the Zohar and further expositions on the Zohar and the Riyana Kabbalah, by doing that, they will come to the Geula. I think what's illustrated in the Ramah and in the, and in the statement of the Zohar and Nasa over here is the pull that a person who is thinking God, to borrow a term from Professor Alan Brill, a person who has God on their mind, the pull that that individual might feel between the hidden and the revealed aspects of Torah. But like we said, Rav Tzaduk in his younger years embodied filling up his stomach metaphorically with the Basar and Yayin of Nicholas HaTorah, of the revealed aspects of the Torah and words of Chazal. And uh, though we know Rav Tzadok in his writings from the hidden aspects of Torah that Rav Tzadok dealt with, with Hasidus and, 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 and synthesis, uh, synthesis of, of Halacha and Agada and revealed and hidden Torah, what is certainly true is that Rav Tzadok spent his early part of his life um, as a prodigy in the revealed aspects of Torah. And Ritzadok felt this pull, and the pull, I think, is based on a secret. It's the sod, we say. It's the secret of Das Elokeav Avichav Avdehu. A pasuk in Divrei that says that it's incumbent upon every Jew not just to perform the mitzvahs, but to understand as best as we possibly can who, it, who, who was it that, that charged us, that gave us these mitzvahs to fulfill, and what, and what it is that we accomplish uh, when we do mitzvahs in, a, in, in, in the most... Um, mystical sense and also in a revealed sense. What does is, what is performance of mitzvahs do and what does understanding of mitzvahs do? And, and I think that that's the pull that I think is mafiain that describes and, and illustrates Rav Tzadok's life. And this is where the story of Rav Tzadok begins. Because, it's, um, because of a difficult situation of Tzadok's personal life, a series of events in his personal life led Rav Tzadok to uh, take a trip around uh, Europe at his time and he met with many of the great rabbis of his time, and he reaches a turning point in the year 1842. And the turning point is that Rav Tzadok arrived at the base medrash of the Ishbitzer. He arrived at the base medrash of Rav Mordechai Yosef Leiner of Ishbitz, um, who we'll talk about in a moment. And uh, that moment that Rav Tzadok meets him is the absolute uh, turning point, the linchpin of really everything that comes afterwards and the way that Rav Tzadok's Torah uh, comes to us and the way that Rav Tzadok sees Torah from then on. Uh, the Ishbitzer, a word or two about the Ishbitzer, I think is in order. Um, I, I, I mentioned to some people recently, I, I posted it on Twitter, of course, uh, because I had, that's what I do with any thought that comes to mind about anything in Torah, right or wrong. Um, I think that the more that you learn about Rav Tzadok, the more that you understand about who Rav Tzadok was and where his Torah is coming from and what he's trying to do, uh, I think that the more you recognize the Rav Tzadok's Rebbe, that the individual that changed Rav Tzadok's life, um, Alan Brill writes in his uh, book about Rav Tzadok, uh, he says that, uh, that the moment that Rav Tzadok knew that he had found his Rebbe was listening to the Ishbitzer say over a shir in Gemara. It wasn't sitting at a tish, it wasn't um, some sort of Kabbalistic discourse, it was hearing this Tzadok, the Me'ah Shiloach, as he's known, I think rather er- erroneously, and I'll explain in a moment, it, it was that moment that caused Rav Tzadok uh, to absolutely radically change his life. I think of, uh, I think of another fateful encounter um, that we don't have Rav Tzadok writing so much about this moment, but I think of another fateful encounter uh, that I've written about, about the meeting of the Nazir, Rav David Cohen with Rav Cook, 
uh, when Rav Cook was in Switzerland. And it was two individuals meeting that would change the course of both of their lives. And the Nazir writes that at the moment that he met Rav Cook for the second time, um, he had met him previously the day before, he says, This was the decisive moment in my life. And I think that that's what, what happened to Rav Tzadok in the base Medrash of Rav Mordechai Yosef Leiner of Ishbitz uh, when Rav Tzadok arrived there seeking out his counsel. So a word about the Ishbitzer. The Ishbitzer, to understand the uh, Hasidic genealogy of the Ishbitzer and to understand where he's coming from is to recognize, I think, the, uh, the greatest modern development in the modern development of, of Hasidus. We have the Baal Shem Tov. The Baal Shem Tov's great Talmud, the Magid Agadol of Mezrich, had a student, Rav Elimelech Milizhensk. And Ravelich Milijans, we could spend the entire shirim on each, many shirim on each one of these figures in Amir Tzashem. Um, we should live and be well. We will discuss all of these figures. Um, and and Ravelli Melech had a Talmud by the name of Rav Yaakov Yitzchak Harvitz, who was known as the Chose, who was known as the Seer. And the Chose, uh, main Talmud of the Chose was another Yaakov Yitzchak, who was known as the Yidak Kaddish, of Yaakov Yitzchak Rabinowitz, who was uh, seen as the founder of the Bialik Hasidic dynasty, but also as the founder of a stream in Hasidic thought that, uh, that in essence has influenced and is responsible uh, for much of the Hasidic world nowadays days and thinking of Ger Hasidus, pretty much all of Polish Hasidus as we know it, uh, to paint with a very broad brush. And the idea over here was to reclaim a manner of intellectual seriousness and rationalism and to combine that with the ethos and with the, uh, with the ideologies espoused by the Baal Shem Tov and the Magid of Mezrich. And uh, this led to a, a unique brand of Hasidus that was responsible for the Bate Medrash of, of Ger, of Sakachev, and, and, and all the, uh, and, and, and Radzin, and Ishbitz, all the things that came from the base Medrash of his great Talmud, who was uh, Rasim Chabunim of Pshischa. Rasim Chabunim, uh, the, the revolution that came from Simcha Bunim was so great that at a, at a great wedding of, the, of, I believe, the daughter of the son of Avram Yeshua uh, Heschel of Apt, the Oiv Yisrael, who was the greatest, uh, the most senior Hasidic leader at the time in Poland, at that wedding they had sought to excommunicate Simcha Bunim, who acted in, in modern ways, who, who didn't look or dress even like, uh, like the Hasidic leaders that had come before him and, and was seen as uh, almost a subversive element and uh, it was really only uh, at the last moment that the, this cheyrim, this ban, was, was called off. Um, Rav Simcha Bunim himself had to be discouraged from going to attend the wedding. His Talmidim went to defend him. Uh, one of his Talmidim, one of his main Talmidim, was the Rebbe of Kotsk. And the Rebbe of Kotsk had, uh, the Rebbe of Kotsk was known as sharp and as uh, as a seeker of truth, and as somebody that we don't even have so much of his Torah written down, it's all mostly secondhand in the form of aphoristic Torah, the Rebbe of Kotsk was a fiery figure, and his, one, his main student was the Meashilach, who was the Mordechai Yosef Leiner of Ishbitz, who eventually broke with the Rebbe of Kotsk under circumstances that, were, um, that are disputed, why exactly they split, and he moved to Ishbitz uh, to start uh, his own Hasidic court, and around him, and I think it's uh, rather fascinating that the two main Talmidim of the Ishbitzer, besides his son, the Beis Yaakov, the two main Talmidim of the Ishbitzer were people that grew up in Misnagdik Milya. You have Rav Tzadok on one hand, and Rav Tzadok's friend 
and uh, who would eventually be Rav Tzadok's Rebbe for a time, Rav Leibla Eger, who was a grandson of Rebbe Kiv Eger, who was no chassid, uh, who was no chassid and one of the greatest Talmudists of Jewish history. These were two of the main Talmidim of, of the Me'ashiloch. I said that the name Me'ashiloch is, um, is a bit of a misnomer, and the reason is, is because his most famous sefer, um, and, uh, and certainly a radical and exciting sefer, uh, which goes to areas of Jewish thought which are rather shocking and, uh, and, and um, often misunderstood, the Me'ashi, that, that Hebrew was written by his, was compiled by his grandson, the Rebbe of Radzin, of Gershon Henechleinder of Radzin. The Me'ashi Loach uh, himself, uh, we don't have much that was written directly from him. And that's what I mean that when we understand Rav Tzadok, who I think develops and expands the Torah of the Me'ashiloch, much like his son, the Beis Yaakov, and, and the continuation of the House of Ishbitz in Radzin, I think, that, I think that we get a sense that the individual we talk about when we talk about the Ishbitzer is something that uh, we have a very hard time even encompassing. We, we immediately go to famous uh, radical Torahs like uh, his ideas on the Meraglim or on uh, Pinchas and Zimri or on Hakobi uh, De Shamay and Chutzmiyira Shamay, all of these radical concepts uh, that we could spend a long time talking about. And that I don't think even comes Le Karsule Raglov. I, I don't think that comes to the heels of understanding what kind of an individual, what kind of a person the Ishbitzer was. Because the Ishbitzer was a person that was able, uh, by, by, by dint of interacting with Rav Tzadok, to change Rav Tzadok's entire life. So back to Rav Tzadok. From this point on, the foundational departure point of pretty much all of Rav Tzadok's Torah thought is the Torah he learns and develops from his Rebbe, the Ishbitzer. I, I think the goal of, of the continuation of these shiurim is to show what happens when a classic misnagdic genius who is already dwelling in every single hall and room of the revealed aspects of Torah, what happens when you put that person through the, 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 the ringer, the prism of the Torah of Pshisk, the Torah of Kutsk, and uh, the Torah of Ishbitz, what happens when an individual like that comes in contact with it, sparks fly, and you get an individual like Rav Tzadok who uh, really... Uh, not to, his, uh, not to his own credit, who had tried to avoid publicity, uh, at least during his lifetime, who ran away from publicity during his lifetime, and uh, was not a major Hasidic Rebbe in terms of leading a group of Hasidim, and yet is as well known as the, his works, by dint of his works alone, is known as one of the great expositors of Hasidic and Jewish thought, Bachshava in general. That's what happens when an individual like Ritzadok, a classic Talmudic genius and prodigy, comes in contact with Pshisk and Kotsk and Ishbitz. Uh, it is a tradition that every single time uh, Rav Tzadok says in his voluminous writings, Shamati, I have heard that the Kavana is to his Rebbe, the Ishbitzer, with very few exceptions. There's academic work or there's discussions on, on forums online as to uh, instances where he says Shamati, that it might be referring to somebody else, but suffice it to say that pretty much every time Rav Tzadok quotes um, uh, quotes somebody that he heard something from without mentioning the name, he's referring to his Rebbe, the Ishbitzer. After the death of the Ishbitzer in 1854, the mantle of leadership passes to the most senior of his Tamidim, Rav Leibla Eger, as well as Rav Yaakov Leiner, who was the son of the Rebbe. So the Hasidus of Ishbitz splits to Hasidus Lublin and, uh, and Radzin. And um, the Kohen, as Rav Tzadok is, uh, one second, 
I, I think, um, hold on one second. Okay, everybody can hear me, right? Okay, I just said that my AirPods picked up. Uh, sorry about that. So, <laughs> lost my train of thought. The Kohen, as Ratzaduk is was traditionally called by the Hasidim, refused any leadership role whatsoever. And despite the request by a third group of Hasidim, separate from Rav Leibola and from Rav Yaakov Leiner. Uh, similarly, Rav Tzadok also was offered a rabbinic posting in the city of Lublin, which he refused as well. Uh, calling him the Kohen was a sign of kavod, was a sign of respect, uh, because you don't call the Rebbe by their name, and you refer to them by, 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 this, by this appellation as a sign of kavod. And uh, we're going to hopefully talk in the next year, we're going to talk about a, a pasuk that I think uh, seems to summarize all of what we're talking about, and just foreshadow the Pasuk, the Pasuk comes from Malachi, Perek Gimel, that the, the lips of the Kohen guard wisdom and, and knowledge, and we ask for Torah from the Kohen's lips, we, we, we beg the Kohen to teach us Torah, because the Kohen is a Malach Hashem Tzivakos, the Kohen is an angel of God, and I think that that is an apt description of Ratzadok, we're going to, Mir Hashem, take apart that Pasuk and show how Ratzadok Tzadok's entire life could be summarized in that very Pasuk uh, alone. Only after the death of Reb Leibola, uh, did Rav Tzadok assent and agree to lead a small group of Hasidim in Lublin until his death on the 9th of Elul, 1900. Rav Tzadok agreed to take on this role functionally in 1888, so he was really only 12 years uh, leading a Hasidic group, and, and that's after roughly 34 years of semi-seclusion and writing. Writing, writing, writing. The National Library of Israel lists no less than 100 works attributed to Rav Tzadok, many still in manuscript form, many published. You could see there's a whole row behind me on, on my shelves uh, of Rav Tzadok and, and really dealing with all Miktsos HaTorah. Rav Tzadok's writings touch upon every single aspect of Torah literature, although the works that are printed and most well-known to us uh, deal mostly with uh, what could be called technically Hasidus, the Torah of the Baal Shem Tov and expansions thereof, and, uh, and, and uh, Agadic understandings of Shabbos and holidays and of the human soul, of human psychology, all concepts that we will develop further in the course of the Yishirim. I've already prepared about three in advance just to, because there was so much to say and I want to make sure that I'm, I'm going to be speaking in an organized fashion uh, to do justice to Tzadik. Um, this doesn't include works on halacha and shilos and shuvas. Already at a young age, Rav Tzadok uh, was being sent before he met the Ishbitzer, was being sent halachic questions. We have, um, we have testimony that Rav Tzadok met with one of the great poskim of the time, uh, Rav Yitzchok Kachanan Specter, and that Rav Tzadok was in contact with great halachic uh, decisors and personalities of his time. Many of those have been lost as well, just to give you a sense of the uh, expansiveness of Rav Tzadok's output and how broad his interests and his uh, genius really was. It's an amazing and mysterious thing that we lack any photographs of Rav Sadok, if you were to grant me a wish, perhaps one of them would be to see a picture of Rav Sadok and Rabbi Nachman, who we also don't have a picture of. I just want to see what they look like. And uh, at the same time, very few of Rav Sadok's kitzveyad, very few of Rav Sadok's manuscripts or handwriting. Sometimes you could say, in the absence of um, in the absence of being able to see the tzaddik, you could at least see their handwriting. And very, very few of Rav Sadok's manuscripts have even survived. And um, in fact, uh, just to show you how rare such a thing is, 
is that uh, one, uh, one autographed tshuva, the writing of the tshuva itself is even suspect. Uh, I'll get Galaxy S9, I'll, I'll get to your question in a moment. Uh, I appreciate somebody asking a question and uh, stopping perhaps what's nonsense from me. But uh, to, uh, to, to wit, uh, one of the, actually, if you want, you could type it into the chat and I'll address it in the chat. I think that that might uh, be more efficacious. Thank you. Uh, I got the thumbs up. Uh, awesome. So I think that uh, to wit, to show you how rare seeing anything from Rav Tzadok firsthand, there's one I managed to locate. I love uh, trolling uh, the different auction houses just to see stuff that's sometimes not printed or to see Kisveyad or articles that come from great tzaddikim and Jewish communities. And there's all kinds of wonderful things that uh, you know I'll never be able to afford, but it's nice to look at. And uh, I saw one Autograph manuscript from Rav Tzadok. It's, it's certain that the autograph on the manuscript comes from Rav Tzadok. The writing itself is, is, is ascertained to at least plausibly be from Tzadok because it's very, very tzafaf. It's very, very together, hard to read. And Rav Tzadok's um, uh, transcribers tell us how difficult it was, the effort that they needed to put in sometimes months on, uh, on single paragraphs and sections because of the way Rav Tzadok writes, orthography was tremendously difficult to decipher. But that one manuscript uh, went, uh, went on auction some years ago and sold for $100,000. But at least I got to see what the autograph of Tzadok HaKohen looked like. Um, uh, and, and Amir Tzashem, I'll be sharing some of these materials that I've gathered uh, in future shiurim. Uh, but just to see that, and I think that this is um, part of the mystery is that there's a hiddenness to Rav Tzadok even in death as well. Um, it's the only time I've seen his Ksavyad at, at any length, and I do a lot of Googling. So, so, that is, uh, so that is a pretty amazing thing that there's a, Tzadok sought to remain hidden in his life, did not really agree until very late to any rabbinic postings, and uh, there's a hiddenness in death as well. Uh, nothing was published during Rav Tzadok's lifetime. Uh, it was hidden. It was, he refused to allow it to be published. And it was only after his death that Rav Tzadok gave a special bracha to those that would be osik, those that would be involved in transcribing his works and putting them to writing. The first work to be published after Rav Tzadok's death was actually not something that came from Rav Tzadok's own hand. The first work that came from Rav Tzadok's uh, Talmidim were the Divrei Torah that Rav Tzadok would say on Shabbat Shabbos and Mo'adim, and uh, that was, uh, came in the form of a sefer called Pri Tzadik, which is uh, also, I would say, along with Tzidka Tzadik, which is also behind me and is going to be the subject of many of our future shiurim, uh, probably the most well-known of Rav Tzadok's works is Magnum Opus, if you will. Pri Tzadik is, is also right up there as the well, most well-known work, except that one doesn't come from Rav Tzadok's own hand. Um, and he, in, he told people, there's a bracha, uh, to endeavor to publish his works after his death. And um, I, I want to quote to you something really uh, beautiful um, from Rav Tzadok's Torah about writing and perhaps sheds a little bit light as to this mystery of why Rav Tzadok refused to allow these things to be published during his life. And Rav Tzadok has a gorgeous, uh, all, of, all of his writings are gorgeous. I mean, it's the most beautiful Torah. I can't wait to share it with you. Rav Tzadok writes in Sefer, Resise Laila, Resise Laila Nun Vav, Os Nun Vav, Rav Tzadok writes, and I'm going to quote to you, Ksiva higamkein levush hamagshim osios hadibor, omabisham betsurius osios gashmios. 
Rav Tzadok says the act of writing, and this is uh, emblematic, I think, of the way and the depth of Rav Tzadok looks at everything. Everything is Torah for Rav Tzadok, whether it's a mimer of Chazal or a mimer of Zohar, or something that his Rebbe said, or his own dreams, or, 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 or his own emotions, or some sort of human behavior. Everything, no matter how small, merits a deep, profound introspection through the prism of all of the other Torah for Tzadok to develop it. I think that that's part of what makes it so exciting is that we see what happens when this mind that is so, that is literally enveloped and filled with text, not literally, but is all text. What happens when that mind comes in contact with the world? What happens when that develops over a lifetime? What happens over decades as that develops and drinks from the waters of the Baal Shem Tov and the hidden Torah and the revealed Torah? What happens when, when, that, when that Torah is turned towards everything, the smallest Maimar Chazal or the smallest dream or Tnua or the act of eating even? Tzadok wrote a famous Chibor that's included in the Sefer Pri Tzadik that's called Kuntras Eit HaOchel, a time for eating where Tzadok talks about uh, mindful eating, conscious eating through the prism of Torah, Kabbalah, and Chassidus. So Tzadok writes in Rasisei Laila, I'll read this statement again, Ksiva, writing Kugankin Levush, it is a garment, it is a garb, it's an outer trapping, Hamakshim Osio Sadibor, that gives, that gives form that gives material form, materiality, physicality to the letters of our speech. It takes what we say to one another. It takes the oral Torah and it puts it into a written Torah. And by its very nature, by dint of putting it down into physical form, it brings it down. It lowers it. It turns it into something more mundane. Some sanctity is lost in the process. Osios gashmios shall dio al gabi our words, our statements, our Torah that's spoken orally becomes something drawn down. It becomes just words on paper, just ink on cloth, and, and that lowers it. Ve'ein behem od chius. Tzadok says when they're written down, they lack life. They lack their essence. They lack their holiness that they had before. Sheyesh bedibor, that we find in speech, that we find in the talking and the discussion between a Rebbe and, uh, and Talmidim. Rav Tzadok means to say, and this is strange for a person who spent his entire life writing and writing and writing continuously. And the only way that we know of him really nowadays is because of his writing. So many of Rav Tzadok, so many of the Kohen's people, as they were called, so many of the Kohen's people uh, were, were killed, were lost. They were Polish Jews. Uh, and uh, by the time the Holocaust rolled around, we, we have nothing left of many of them, we very few, and those very few endeavored to make sure that Rav Tzadok was known by his writings. I'll tell you a really quick story about what it might have been like uh, to be in the presence of the Kohen. One of, one of, um, one of Rav Tzadok's main Talmidim, uh, one of his Talmidim was a rabbi by the name of Rav Michal Makotovsky. Rav Michal Makotovsky was the father of Rav Eliyahu Kitov. Uh, that's a, that, that was a pen name uh, uh, for Rav Eliyahu Makotovsky, uh, who made it to Israel and published, um, who published, I'll show you one of my prized possessions. Hold on one second. Uh, for those that have seen, uh, I have to thank um, Paul Slater, who picked up for me from a, uh, from a used bookstore. This is the Sefer Tzidka Satzadik Hamale. We're going to talk about the censorship of Tzadok's writings. And Tzidka Satzadik Hamale, uh, it was brought to the Beis HaDefus by Rav Eliyahu Kitov. 
And Rav Liel Kitov, whose father was, uh, whose father was a, a chassid of Rav Tzadok and survived the war. So they put this out. This is special, A, because... He, a, because it was a gift from somebody in Shul, and B, because you can't find it anymore, it's out of print, and C, because many of the contemporaneous editions of Tzidka Satzadik were censored because certain sections were deemed too radical to put in, and, uh, and Rav Liel Kitov dedicated himself, and, and he has a, a selection of Divrei Torah, a huge, voluminous collection, actually, Sefer uh, Parshios, and much of that is built on the Torah of Rav Tzadok as well. These people dedicated themselves, especially, uh, we mentioned one of the main transcribers, Rav Shlomo, uh, Shlomo Rosenthal Margolios, who dedicated their lives to making sure that Rav Tzadok's writings got to us, that they made it to us, that they weren't lost. However, Rav Tzadok himself says that none of this comes close to the words coming from a living, breathing teacher, that this is a level below. And just like I talked about using Rav Tzadok to understand the Ishbitzer, we could only get a dint of an under, a, a bit, a glimmer of an understanding of Rav Tzadok from his writings. I really mean that. I'm not doing this as a, some sort of performative humility for us um, because, you know, Rav Tzadok is going to tell us what to do. Uh, rather, I mean it as a sense of trying to understand the magnitude of the individual that we're talking about and, and, and how could you not be changed by learning this person's Torah, I hope. And, um, and this is Rav Tzadok's own reflect, self-reflection on the act on the act of writing. So I said I would say a quick story about what, what it was like being in the presence of the tzaddik. Um, the uh, Rav Michal Makotovsky told his son that uh, they would gather around Rav Tzaddik after 1888 when he accepted Hasidim. They would gather around and they would sit around the table and Rav Tzaddik would, would speak. And he said that people would begin to understand that Rav Tzaddik would continue, he would riff, he would continuously go on, an overflowing wellspring of Torah. And he said at a certain point, Rav Tzaddik would get into sections and areas of Torah that were so lofty, so rarefied, so inaccessible to an ordinary person that wasn't Rav Tzaddik. He said that there was like a known thing with the Kohen's people. They would throw their heads back. They would throw their heads back and he said that the tnucha that they would do at these at these shalishudis is throwing their heads back means hadvarim yuadim bishvili. These words are not intended for me. And we find stuff like this in a, in another great tzaddik who is often compared to Rav Tzaddik, and we're going to talk about him here Hashem by Rav Cook. That uh, as I Jake, you know, we talked about this in our chabura that there's times in Rav Cook's writing where he stops teaching Torah, and instead it becomes tefillah. And I think that. The, that we could see certain aspects of this in Rav Tzadok's writings as well, where, where the discourse continues and continues and revs up to the point that it's no longer something that is easily understood by anybody who thinks that they're learning something, rather they're davening together with the Kohen. Rather, there's, this is a channeling, this is an automatic speech of all of Torah coming down, a profound instance of Ruach HaKodesh, which is something that could be tangibly felt, I think, in the writings of Rav Tzadok, that could be felt a sense of, of, of we're, we're, we're reading the words of man who was divinely inspired, who only thought about God and God's Torah for an entire lifetime. I mean, that is, that is so exciting to me. Um, so this is, this is how we're going to get to know, or attempt to get to know at least, uh, the inspired mind of a man of God, Rav Tzadok, Akoin of Lublin. Along the way, we're going to discover affinities and 
possibly the roots of other thinkers. We mentioned uh, people like Rav Cook, Rav Dessler, um, Rav Eliyahu Dessler, Mechtav Eliyahu. Uh, many people say that a lot of the undertones in Rav Dessler's farim come from Rav Tzadok as well. We're going to, uh, we're going to see radical uh, theologies and ideas of sin and tshuva. And uh, we're going to see uh, some things, like I mentioned, so radical that they were censored from early Sfarim because there was a sense that people weren't ready for this or would get the wrong idea about Rav Tzadok. And I want to frame all of this, even the most radical and exciting things that we see in, in the biography that we just shared and the kind of person that we're talking about because Rav Tzadok isn't just... I think that everything he says is radical uh, because of the way he saw Torah, but certainly... There are parts of it that are quite exciting, and I hope to be able to talk about it in a serious, mature way as well. We're going to see philosophies of Jewish peoplehood. What does it mean to be a Jew? What is the essence of being a Jew? Uh, especially when a person uh, maybe might not keep the mitzvot. Um, some very uh, profound statements on that. Uh, reflections on the meaning of death. Uh, what is life on writing, on teaching, on Shabbos, on Mo'adim, Rav Tzadok's understanding of his own dreams, questions and answers that Rav Tzadok revealed in his dreams, a deep sense and abiding understanding of human psychology in all of its aspects. Uh, that, is, uh, that is what I hope to do in Mirza Hashem in these shiurim. And I think that it's worth finishing at the very least. Galaxy S9, just before I finish, you had a question. I want to be able to take it. If you don't want to uh, speak, you could type it in or you can email me as well. Uh, any comments, of course, are very, uh, are very welcome. We'll finish off with a Pasuk uh, that we started with. Um, Navi Malachi tells us that the lips of the Kohen guard wisdom and guard knowledge. And we seek out Torah from the Kohen. The Gemara tells us in that you have to find a rabbi that's similar or likened to an angel. And that rabbi, you can learn Torah from. Tzadok was an angel. Tzadok was, uh, was, was a gilui, was a revelation, was something that we were meant to carry with us, a gift from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, really. And, um, and, um, and, and one of, again, Rav, uh, Rav, Rav Shlomo uh, Rosenthal Margolius writes in his Akdama to Siach Sarfei Kodesh, another work of Rav Tzadok, he says, We could say that this Pasuk is referring to and talking about Rav Tzadok as well, on the Kohen. That from his very beginnings to the moment he ascended upon high, this Pasuk is referring to the Tzadik Yisod Olam to Rav Tzadik HaKohen. So let's break up the Pasuk and we'll finish here. Kisifse Kohen, Rav Tzadik in his younger years, his mouth was involved in all aspects of the revealed Torah. Yishmeru Das, the hidden and reserved uh, nature of Rav Tzadok, once initiated to the world of Hasidus, in the Yishmeru from the word, from the Aviv Shamarat HaDavar, that his father held the knowledge, right? That he kept it to himself. And it was hidden with Tori Vakshmi Piyu. But after the death of Rav Leibla Eger, everybody sought to get it from Rav Tzadok. Teach us Torah, be our Rebbe. Kimalach Hashem Tzvakosu. And um, by the spreading around, the hafatza of his Torah, by the hafatza of Rav Tzadok's Torah, after his death, we only get a revelation of his great, of greatness. Um, for the person that just asked uh, where the source was, I hope I'm not embarrassing. That was uh, from me. Um, the, the notion of that Pasuk 
comes from um, comes from that pasuk speaking about Rav Tzadok comes from the Hakdama to Sirch Sarfi Kodesh written by Rav, Rav Tzadok's Talmud uh, Rav Shlomo Rosenthal Margolios. Okay, um, so that.